Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo for the final hour here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Tuesday afternoon. You can find me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com, as we continue to give you in-depth team outlooks for the NFL. Sean Child's latest look is at the Pittsburgh Steelers, a team that is very different this year. So what does it mean for their fantasy players? Check it out. Sean breaks it down. Uh, we have Dr. Otto looking at the Arizona Cardinals. And, of course, I'll continue my uh, baseball articles as well. And if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums anytime you want. And we will get you those answers. Of course, DFS, getting you ready for the night in MLB. No afternoon games today. So you can check out fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS for MLB. Still got NBA showdown slates. So I got the Raptors and Bucks tonight. So PGA, MMA, NASCAR. We got NASCAR rankings up on the site as well. So plenty of ways to win money. And, of course, playffwc.com. If you want to get in a dynasty startup draft, we got one kicking off uh, this Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6-hour clock, 7 spots remaining in that one. And then... We got a uh, draft and go best ball draft tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 28 rounds, 75-second clock. So you can jump in that. And then a bunch of slow drafts, which will fill, uh, will start once filled. So we got three spots left in a starter slow full-season draft, four-hour clock, 18 rounds, 35 bucks. three spots left in that one. An online championship slow draft, six-hour clock, four spots left in that one, 299 entry fee. Uh, so there's different price points, different Times on the clock, you can do a draft in one sitting, whatever you want, uh, plenty to choose from. And it's also made madness, so get in your deposit, uh, $200 deposit now for the main event or online championships, whether you're with us in Vegas at the Palms first weekend of the NFL season or if you're going to do it online. But if you get in your deposit now in the month of May, you will qualify for a free a potential free entry to a main event worth $1,795. There'll be a drawing, and one person will win that. That's if you put down your deposit here in May. I'll be joined by Frank Stanville of FNTSY coming up in the next segment. We'll talk basketball with him, a little baseball as well. Well, let's go over some of the latest news. Uh, surprising here, D. Gordon. The Mariners place him on the 10-day injury list with a right wrist contusion. He was hit by a pitch, I think it was last week. And uh, or a week and a half ago, and I guess it's been a problem, and uh, it's uh, created discomfort for him, and he's really struggled since then. So uh, he is placed on the injury list, as well as his teammate Ryan Healy with lower back inflammation. He left last night's game, so Shed Long gets called back up. 
Uh, and he should see opportunities, I would think, at second base. So maybe in deeper formats you take a look at him, but it's really going to come down to uh, how long D. Gordon misses. Uh, Yandy Diaz back in the lineup today for the Rays. He was hit by a pitch on Sunday. Brendan Rodgers on the bench again today against the Pirates. So he did not play on Sunday. And then, of course, Ryan McMahon had a two-homer game that day. So, and this goes back to what we were discussing in the first hour. You know, Rodgers was a bit on aggressively in a lot of leagues. You know, I saw him go for 20 25%. But as I mentioned in my NFBC auction, he only went for like 105. And I was a little surprised by that because it's very aggressive bidding in that league. Riley went for over 400 bucks. Now, I only had about 434 left, so couldn't I didn't want to go 200 on anyone. Uh, wanted to make sure I had some fab left, but had I known I could have gotten Rodgers for 106, 107, I, I probably would have done it because the path to playing time was a little cloudy. It's the Rockies. We've discussed this. They don't do things with intelligent thinking often like why would you call brendan rogers up to sit him it doesn't make any sense so he probably we thought was going to play consistently maybe not every day but consistently and you got a player in chorus field it's a big boost so i didn't get him anywhere but i understand why people were aggressive on him but we did see in some leagues he was sometimes the fourth of those big prospects to be taken because I think there was some concern. But uh, I'm not surprised by this. You know, McMahon just had a two-homer game. You're probably not going to sit him. Now, Daniel Murphy was the concern for me, and I have Murphy, I think, in two leagues. I have him in Tout Wars, and I think I have him in one other league. Maybe it's a... Shit, I don't know. Do I have? I might have him in one more league. I can't remember where. I did like him. Oh, I have him in the GST league, uh, and I almost benched him this week. But as I mentioned yesterday, when I saw Jorge Soler with a five-game week, the first two in St. Louis where they're not going to have a DH, I thought he might sit. So I didn't want to take the risk of a four-game week or maybe even three from him. So I moved Jose Martinez to the outfield, put Murphy at the quarter infield spot. Look, Murphy's been struggling. And he's been sitting against a lot of lefties. And you have to wonder if that finger injury is bothering. But he is in the lineup today. But, uh, yeah, Brendan Rodgers' owner's a little upset. On the flip side, we really started to see Oscar Mercado's price drop. Because it looked like he was on the short side of a platoon, mostly against left-handed pitching. But he's now started four straight games. He's in the lineup today. So that's a good sign. Because, again, it made no sense uh, for the Indians to call this guy up and sit him because of their outfield. It's one thing if you had better options in your outfield, and I don't see where the Indians do. So um, I didn't get Mercado anywhere. I put in small token bits for him, mostly more of a speed guy, but he should be playing every day on this team. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't, and uh, he is in there four straight days, so that's good news there. Uh, Jeremy Hellickson was placed on the injury list uh, with a right shoulder strain. Uh, not that anyone's playing him. Even I think in NL only league, I can't see many people uh, rolling with him. Yasiel Puig's not in the lineup today. He's got a right shoulder sprain. He tried to make a catch into the crowd. And uh, they're saying he's day-to-day. Look, um, he he probably he should have been on your bench. In a weekly league, again, I have him in Tout Wars. I think that's the only league that I have him in, if I'm not mistaken. I might have him in a best ball. I did like him a lot. Um, but I took him in Tout Wars, I think, in the fifth round. And, uh, again, this is where you got to look at the schedule. It was a five-game week. They were off yesterday. We pretty much knew he's probably not going to play today. 
And then even if he plays tomorrow, it's a four-game week at best. And of course, there's always the chance that he lands on the injured list. We're not out of the the woods here that he all of a sudden he's going to be back. So I think hopefully you had the foresight. And, and if you also are in a league where it's first game played for that player that week, you could take him out of your lineup if you had him in because the Reds didn't play yesterday. So the only one where it's a problem is if it locks at first pitch of the week. But the Reds didn't play yesterday. There were a lot of teams that were off. So if you somehow left Puig in there, you still have the ability to take him out. And uh, I would sit him. Now, obviously, if you're in the NFBC style where you can make the change on Friday, you absolutely, it's a no-brainer to sit him, even if you have a guy like Soler, I think, uh, who also has two games because you know Puig could sit tomorrow. And, of course, if Puig does come back on Friday, you have the ability to make that change. Uh for the Dodgers, Julio Urias has been reinstated from administrative leave. Uh, remember, he, he was arrested last Monday on suspicion of domestic battery. He was placed on administrative leave by MLB. So the investigation is still ongoing. And uh, so I guess there's still a potential suspension down the road, but he is back with the team now. And I have him in two leagues and almost dropped him and decided not to. One is a keeper league where he's at a pretty decent price. I'm in first place, and uh, I'm probably going to have to make a move to acquire some something near the trade deadline to you know keep my team in first place. So I would think Urias would be uh, appealing to a team that's rebuilding uh, because the price is pretty cheap. So uh, that's probably what I'm going to do at some point here down the road is uh, potentially deal him. But you know, I think it's a 14 team league. He still has some value even as a reliever, and we've seen him get a couple of opportunities. Uh, save. I think one was a three-inning variety, so he still does have some value out of the bullpen, and we know he can always start at a certain point, too. They are going to watch his innings, but he could be a guy that gets a few starts down the road, so in the deeper formats, the 15-team leagues, I think there's definitely value there. George Springer is not in the lineup again today, so it's uh, two straight starts he's missed. He left Sunday's game with lower back stiffness. He had an MRI, and everything looked good, Uh, so he's a guy that might not be back until the weekend for the Astros, and you can understand it. They got they got to be cautious with him. They're in good shape. They're going to run away with that division, and uh, it sucks for fantasy teams because Springer was on a tear. I mean, just tearing it up, the power, uh, but the Astros are rolling, and they should have no problem in that division. Uh, Javier Baez uh, will not be in the lineup today. They hope that he can return to the lineup tomorrow. He was dealing with that heel injury where he left Sunday night. Good news here on Elvis Andrews. He's going to begin a minor league rehab assignment today in AA. Remember, he was placed on the injured list with a hamstring strain. So uh, he was placed on that May 15th, so he could return this weekend. So that's good news there. Uh, I have Andrews in a couple innings. One, though, I will not be able to get him back until next week. He can't make China uh, lineup changes, but I do have him in the online championship for the NFBC. So if he is back Friday... I can get him in for the weekend. So uh, that's key. You've got to hope that this uh, hamstring is not that bad because a lot of value for Andrews is tied to the stolen base. So you're always worried about that. You know, will the guy run? But I think we had the same worries with uh, Francisco Lindor, and he's come back, and he's run pretty well. Shohei Otani left last night's game. He was hit on a pitch on the right ring finger, uh, but uh, the x-rays were negative, and he should be fine. So we'll see if he's back in the lineup tonight. Not as good for Angelton Simmons. I don't know if you guys saw this, but running into first base, it looked pretty bad. Uh, His left ankle, they're saying it's only a sprain. The x-rays came back negative. He will have more tests today, but it it looked pretty bad, man. I got to think that 
he at least goes on the injured list. But uh, it certainly look, did not look good if you did see that uh, last night. Uh, other things of note from yesterday. Uh, we saw Sean Newcomb get a save for the Braves yesterday. Remember, he was in the starting rotation at the beginning of the year. They took him out of the rotation. But he's done a nice job uh, as a reliever. I would think, though, that uh, Luke Jackson is the guy. I mean, he's pitched very well, but maybe Newcomb uh, gets involved in the mix here. So definitely something to keep an eye on to see what the Braves do. Andrew Heaney, he was a guy I liked a lot going into the year. In fact, I took him in the NFBC auction for two bucks. Obviously, I had to wind up cutting him and had so many injuries. But he had a AAA rehab assignment yesterday. He threw four and a third innings. He struck out ten. So... He was dealing with an elbow injury in the spring. He's looked good in the minors, and I think there's a chance that he returns this weekend, they were saying, potentially Sunday. So that's a guy you can look to pick up now if he's available in your league. He could certainly help out. And Giancarlo Stanton started his rehab assignment yesterday. He had a home run in his second at-bat. So uh, I would think he's back maybe late this week, maybe next week. Maybe they want to give him a week in a, on a rehab stint. But you know, it was a little cloudy of what was going on with him for a while, but certainly looks like he is uh, close to a return. Could be back uh, this weekend or I would think early next week. So good news there for those that have been waiting around on Stanton uh, for sure. Uh, now, we talked about the uh, Newcomb and Luke Jackson, but Luke Jackson has been good, man. Uh, Luke Jackson has six saves and eight opportunities. 15 strikeouts, two walks in his last 10 innings. So I got to think he's going to get most of them. But maybe Newcomb works his way as a possible, uh, you know, against left-handed bats in the ninth inning. So he faced two lefties yesterday. So that's probably why they went to him. It was also a 4-1 lead against San Fran. Uh, but I still think Luke Jackson gets most of them. But, hey, if you're desperate for saves, maybe Newcomb is a guy that you can pick up and see if he can work his way into that role. Uh, Chris Martin, I've been saying it. I don't understand why people spent so much money on him. He allowed three runs yesterday and three hits. Uh, and Sean Kelly was uh, or is probably going to be activated tonight. So I think he can get some opportunities. He saved two games before he went on the injured list. And Jose LeClerc's been good. You know, last four and a third innings, he struck out 10. Uh, he's gotten a lot more swings and misses. And a ton of strikeouts there. So, again, I, I think he works his way back into that role, whereas uh, Kelly, I think, would be ahead of Martin, too. So uh, I think people wasted money on Martin. I just don't see many save opportunities for him there going forward. How about Ryan Presley? Uh, another scoreless innings yesterday. He's got 40 straight scoreless appearances going back to last year. So it's 39 straight. So he's tied for second with Brad Ziegler. For scoreless innings as a reliever, and Greg Olson's record is 41 innings between 89 and 1990. So Presley has not even issued a walk yet this year. He's got 22 strikeouts and 21 innings now. It's I guess in a roto league for some people it's difficult because he's not getting saves. I do have him in a 15 team league, and he's been in my lineup uh, almost every week. The first couple weeks I don't think I've had him in, and I've just locked him in there. So yeah, it's a, it sucks that he's getting no saves, but he's really helping across the board. I mean, he's erasing some of those bad starter starts, if you have him in there, in a deeper Roto League. And obviously, if anything ever happens to Roberto Osuna, then he would close. And you got to think the Twins really wish they had him back now. I mean, how much better would that team be? But Osuna's been great, too. He's got He had his 12th save last year. He hasn't blown one. 
19 strikeouts, two walks, and 21 in the third innings. He's got a 0.42 ERA and a 0.42 whip, so he's been tremendous this year. The Cubs' bullpen is a mess. Look, we said Sunday night, well, yesterday, clearly Joe Madden only really has confidence in Steve Ciszek right now. He allowed him to go two and a third innings on Sunday night, and he got the save, which meant he was unavailable for yesterday. So what happened? Brad Brock got the save opportunity. He allowed two hits, an earned run, and a walk. And the Phillies tied the game and then won it in extra innings. So uh, it really is Steve Ciszek there. And uh, I thought that he was going to be the guy at the time. and fortunate to get him in several leagues at a cheaper price. Again, it was the week that Chris Bart was going for like double the price of Ciszek. And I never understand it. You got to really look and see how teams use their bullpen and read into it a little bit more. I think people make that mistake is... They just assume like, oh, this guy's going to get the job, and it doesn't always work like that. When we return, I'll be joined by Frank Stample of FNTSY. We'll talk some hoops and baseball with him next here, Full-Time Fantasy. The morning after. No matter what happens in this series from here on out, as, uh, as a Raptor fan, I'm proud of the team. They've shown a ton of heart. I wish Danny Green would make a freaking shot. I wish Van Fleet would be playing better. But when it's all said and done, man, these guys are giving it their all. They're laying it on the line. And you know what? There's only three teams left playing basketball right now in the league, guys. The Toronto Raptors are one of them. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. J.D. Martinez out of the lineup again today. He was off yesterday, so there probably is some type of issue that the fact that he can't even DH. So uh, nothing has been disclosed yet, but if it does break during the show, we'll let you know. Time now, though, to bring in Frank Stample of FNTSY. Frank, what's up? Ronis, what's going on, buddy? How's everything going? Pretty good. It's uh, definitely better than your neck. How's your neck doing? What? What does that mean? How is your neck doing? Oh, is this some kind of uh, great fantasy baseball invitational joke or something? Well, it's a joke across three leagues. We're in three leagues together, and uh, you're looking up in the standings at me in all of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm in second place behind you in TSC. I'm right behind you. Come on. Are you, are you looking up? 
Ronis, it's May 21st. Don't you hate when people do this? I know. You're I'm, doing just, this? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I gotta bust your balls, man. But in the great fantasy baseball invitational, man. I'm, uh, I'm looking way up. I, I, yeah, I'm basically. I don't want to embarrass you, man. Do you even, do you talk about it on your show? Uh, no, I talk about every other team except this one. It's, it's all right. What happened, man? Did it just, was it a lot of bad luck, bad picks? Like what went wrong? Uh, yeah, combination. Uh, I lost uh, James Paxton. I bid a ton of money on Carter Keyboom. I'm I, stunned that James Paxton went land on the injured list. Like, <laughs> no one could have seen that coming. Oh, come on, Ronis. Why are you going to do that to me? Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Jose Ramirez and Bryce Harper were my first two picks, and uh, I would say that they've been quite underwhelming thus far. You know, Bryce Harper is very interesting. I did take him in a couple leagues, too. I was actually not on him before he didn't sign. Once he went to the Phillies, I'm like, all right, this is a good spot. And, you know, you did get him mid-second round, and that's where I took it. In the two leagues I have him, I think it was also, like, second round. But I know there's time, and I think he started to hit. Like, he had two games in a row with a home run, and his first at-bat yesterday, he smoked a line drive. Hayward made a nice play. I think StatCast said 87% chance of a hit on that, and Hayward caught it. Are we to the point where – we're going to say next year, you know what? Bryce Harper's is not someone you can take in the top 20 that he's overrated. Or do you still think we have to see how these final four months go? Yeah, I think we still have to see how these final four months go. We saw in the second half last year, he had the batting average up over 300 in that second half. But still, for the entirety of the season in 2018, 249 batting average, and now he's at 229. It's like at some point, it's not just bad, bad luck. We see that the way things are going in baseball and the way it's trending is for these extreme left-handed pull hitters. I mean, the shifts have just gotten crazy. Like I've seen multiple times already this year where there's teams with four outfielders playing against him. So uh, I think the fact that he pulls the ball as much as he does uh, being a left-handed hitter, I think that his batting average overall is just going to continue to suffer. I was still on him this year. I think, you know, at the end of the first round on that turn in 15-team leagues, like that was a good spot to grab him because the culmination of all of his skills, if you were to get that, like we've seen a 20 stolen base season out of him. We've seen a season where he hits 330. We've seen a, a 40 home run season. Like if he were able to put all of those things together, like he has, you know, top three pick upside, but... As of now, I mean, the stolen bases aren't there and the batting average doesn't look really good. So if he continues to, to finish out the season kind of similar to how last year's season went, then I think we do have to kind of start to push him down the board moving forward. You know, throughout my life, I've been pretty fortunate to do pretty well with the ladies. Uh, but now this weekend... Says who, I, Since when? I, trust me. You want me to dig up the track record, bro? You, you, I don't know. As do, long as you I've don't known even you, you, you've always been complaining to me that it's been a rough life. I never said it was rough. <laughs> Look, you know, I've, I've never been married, man. So I've had a lot of a. Uh, well, I got to be careful. I never know who's listening. Uh, but what <laughs> I'm saying is. Trouble, Ronis. I know, I have. I have. But what I'm saying is, this weekend was the first time I know what it feels like for those guys that come up empty and don't get women. I came up pretty much empty handed and fab. I didn't really get anyone. I did get Nikki Lopez in a couple leagues, including the GST, because I had money there. But. I missed out on Austin Riley. I didn't get Brendan Rodgers, which may be a blessing since he's not in the lineup two days in a row, but it's still early. I didn't get uh, Keston Hura. Um, but, I, yeah, I got Lopez and GST. I got, actually, I wanted to get one of those in the um, GDD League, man. I thought I would get one. I had a decent amount of money, and I lost out on all of them. So how did it go for you this weekend in Fab with these big minor league prospects coming up? 
Yeah, I'm right there with you, Ronis. Uh, as I mentioned in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, I spent big time on Carter Keepum when he got called up. Spent something like $350 on him. Did the same thing in my main event league. So I didn't really have much fab to play with there. I was, you know, right around 200 in, in one of those leagues, and I was under 200 in the other. So I still put bids in. Of course, you're going to try. I think I had like $77 bids on, you know, all of those players. And I actually tied the bid on Brendan Rodgers in the main event, but I, I ended up losing the tiebreaker. Uh, and I'm with you. I, I don't feel so bad about that right now. But, you know, I was a couple dollars off by Kesson Hira. Uh, I kind of wish that I went a little bit more aggressive on him to get him there. We didn't get any in, in G, GDD as well. That's another 15-team Roto League that we're in together. Uh, we spent big on Clint Frazier early on. It seems like he's been pretty much um, – he's been – you know, dismantled uh, at the plate here since he's come back from injury. He just looks completely lost. So uh, that that's not going well right now. But I'm with you. I, I, w- I wanted these guys. I was, you know, pretty aggressive. I think at GST we ended up getting Kesson Hira. Uh, I think that might be the only one out of these big-name prospects that I was able to pick up this past weekend. Not that I wasn't trying. It's just, you know, these guys went for a lot of money. And, you know, kudos to you. Look, if you still have money left, you're going to be in the bidding for uh, guys like Jordan Alvarez and, and – and Kyle Tucker, and, and, you know, there's still some prospects left to come up. So I think, you know, you might have money left when, when everyone else doesn't for those guys. Yeah, possibly. And, I mean, I'm fortunate in several of these leagues that I'm in good shape. Like the great fantasy baseball invitational, I think I have near the top money left now because I didn't get anyone this week except J.D. Davis for nine. And, you know, I still have Clevenger and Judge on the injured list. And, you know, Clevenger looks like he's ahead of progress, but he can't come back till June 7th. Uh, Alvarez will be available in that league, but, but in Tout Wars, you know, you can pick up these prospects. He was already picked up, so I can't get him there. I mean, Tout Wars, I got no one this weekend. Like, not one player. I put in a bunch of bids. I didn't get anyone. There was one team who was near the bottom, and they they went over 300 bucks on two players. And you know what? It makes sense. If you're near the bottom of the league, you know, now's the time, you know, and you could always use them as trade bait. So at least that team is still trying because, as you know, Teams often give up, but uh, I can't say I didn't look closely. But I don't think I think everyone's in it in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, right? Everyone's been uh, pretty uh, active. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in our league, I saw people tweeting about this. I think it was last week that we're among the league leaders. So there's you know a bunch of different Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational leagues. I think there's like twenty plus leagues or whatever it is, and we're among the leaders of uh, leagues that have spent the most money already thus far and been the most aggressive making moves. So. Uh, it's it seems like it's been league wide for us here in the Champions League that uh, everyone here is spending a lot of money and and they're paying a bunch of attention to it. Ronis, I wanted to ask you: Are you typically someone who doesn't spend a lot early on? Because this can go two ways. Like you'll have money later on in the season to spend whenever like prospects get called up or, or if you need help. But you know, I've also heard people argue that you should spend your fab early on because if you hit on one of these prospects, then you'll have one of these guys for the entirety of the season. So I could see both arguments, but it seems like whenever I've played in leagues with you, you seem to be a little bit more frugal when it comes to spending in fab. Uh, I would say generally, yeah, maybe I'm not aggressive enough. I think it also depends where you are in the league. Like I felt like I didn't, like in GST, I didn't feel like I there's there was no one I really needed. I mean, we all need pitching. I mean, we're all getting hit with injuries. You know, I lost Tyler Glass now. Uh, fortunately, Ryu came back and he's been dominant. Uh, but I don't have pitching depth right now. But I don't think any of us do in a 15 team league. And there's there's basically no pitching out there in 15 team leagues. Uh, as far as the bats, yeah, would I take Riley? Sure. You know, Chris Vicaro won him. I think he spent 343. He asked me what I bid, and I think my bid was 217. Uh, could I use him? Yeah, but was there a need for him? 
no. My offense has been pretty good. Um, so I felt like Lopez might have been a better fit because I could use some speed and average. So I was fortunate to get him. Towers, my offense has been coming around. I have, at one point, my entire infield was hurt. Matt Olson, Murphy, Lindor, Sano. So obviously I got those guys back, so that's helped. But now I got Puig, who, who knows with him. So I wanted a bat there, but I, only, I had 642 left. And there were, like, Rudy Gamble had 891. So I knew Rudy was getting one of these guys. And then, like I said, there was a team at the bottom who had money that went three, over 300 bucks on two guys. So there I just didn't bid enough. And the GDD, I, I think I went 13, 14 bucks on each of those guys. And I guess I should have been more aggressive because I had, uh, I was near the top and money left. I think I had like 74. That, that's out of 100. So I guess there's just people who are more aggressive than me. But I think it comes down to what you need. If I was like eighth, ninth place and I felt like my season was on CPR, I, maybe I would have been more aggressive. I I think that's part of it. I think a lot of it does come to where you are in the standings and how bad you need the player. Yeah, I think that does make a lot of sense. And I, we spoke about this a little bit on our show, too, on Friday when we were talking about these prospects. And it's it's not just uh, – it is where you are in the standings, but you take all these things into account. It's, you know, what position do you need? What statistics do you specifically need? Like, that would obviously lean toward – that would make you lean towards which player you want to bid on. Like, if you need Willie – if you need uh, batting average and power, then maybe you're more aggressive on Willie Calhoun than – than you are on a guy like Oscar Mercado or, or Nicky Lopez, for example. So I think it's it's all of those things kind of combined. Where you're at in the standings, I think it comes down to positional need, what you need, statistical need, uh, and you take all these things into account. I mean, I will say, you know, you said I haven't spent a lot of money in the NFBC auction, which is one of my worst teams this year. Uh, I only had like 437 left. So <laughs> I'm not going to win any of these guys with that money left unless I blow the entire budget, and I don't want to do that. And in that league right now, the Top three teams, this is how much fab they have left. 148, 105, 105. And there's wow. a team with 54 left. Matt Modique is in this. He's got 105 left. Uh, there's a team with 166. So for, what did I say? I got 428. Doesn't appear like a lot. I think I'm actually uh, like the fourth most money left. Yeah, you're actually in a pretty good spot there. Do you feel like people are spending more fab early on this year than yes. ever before? Because I, that's exactly Definitely. Don't you feel, I feel that too? I, I, I do. And I've, I've kind of been suckered into it myself too because as I was just telling you, you know, I think in GST we're down to $218. And then, oh, really? Damn. You know, in, in my other Who did league, you spend on big in that league? It was just we spent a little bit too much here and there. Like we picked up Sandy Alcantara early on for like 79 bucks, And uh, I don't think there's anyone – that we specifically have got, like, we spent 200 on Kesson Hira this past week, so I guess that's probably the biggest name that we've spent on. And we've had some injuries, so we needed some help on our offense. So I, I don't dislike spending that amount on Kesson Hira, but I, I think we've just kind of spent a little bit here and there, and before you know it, you're, you're down to $218, and I'm pretty much in the same range in, in all of my leagues right now. So I think that's something that I have to work on moving forward for next year, but I don't think that I'm alone. You know, I, I really do think oh, that here, people are spending more fab this year than ever before. Here's some of the fab in the GST left. 24, 71, 29. You said you guys are 218. There's 263, um, 376. So the most that anyone has is 843. And I don't know if that team is very active. Um, I'd have to look. But 843 seems like they really haven't done much. And then you got a bunch of teams that are uh, in the 500s. You know, I got 590. So, um, yeah, that's why, you know, I went like one, I don't know, 130, 140 on Lopez. I figured, all right, I'll get one of these guys. Um, 
But yeah, I do feel that people have spent a ton of fab this year for sure. Yeah, we're in agreement there. Yeah, I, I've seen it more than ever before. And, you know, I'm in my main event league with Modica as well. And I think he's down to, you know, right around 100 bucks too. And he told me uh, this time of year, you know, end of May, early June, this is pretty much where he's normally at. So uh, I think it, it it speaks to what kind of player you are. Are you aggressive early on? But I feel like this year more than ever before, people are being really, really aggressive with these prospects. And, of course, this week with so much hype, we knew it was going to happen. Talking to Frank Stample, FNTSY, let's talk some NBA uh, I know you are not allowed to bet in New York live in-game betting, but I'll tell you this. Uh, I learned my lesson. So on Saturday, I'm out watching the game, and I'm like, man, I think Golden State's going to win this game. Open up my app, and it was like plus 240 money line in-game, and I didn't put money down. Last night, watching the game, seeing Golden State down, I think by 12 at the time, open the app, plus 235. All right, I'm putting money on it. They were down at least 15 points, three straight games. They won them all, man. You talk about making money live in line. Whenever the Warriors are down, put money on it, man, because more often than not, you're going to profit. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually talked to Mike Cardano about this before. He said he used to have a buddy who knew exactly when there, – there was, like, statistical evidence that showed that whenever Golden State goes down by, like, this many amount of uh, – this amount of points, they were about to go on some crazy run. And it's easy – to see why they do. I mean, this is a team that shoots threes like other teams shoot layups. It's it's like nothing we've ever seen before. Like Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, even Draymond Green is red hot right now too. So, you know, they're making threes while other teams are attempting twos and missing them, and that's why they're able to come back in these games much quicker than anyone else. So it's been a very, very profitable strategy if you're in-game live betting on uh, the Warriors. Whenever they go down by like... 10, 12, 15. They've been down at least 17 points, I think, in, at least in these three, uh, past three games, and they've won all of them, Ronis. I think, you know, that's just a lesson in itself. Whenever you see Golden State go down, I mean, they're never out because they could just make threes like it's no one's business. A lot of people are saying Golden State's better without Kevin Durant. What's your reaction to that? I think it's – I don't think it's a fair statement, right? Because, like, there is something to be said for chemistry, but – he is still one of the top three best players in the world right now. Uh, we're seeing, you know, when, what they can do when when everything is clicking right now and the kind of chemistry that they have. And I'm not even mad at them right now. Like, you know, people are, oh, I'm tired of seeing the Warriors win. Look, they drafted these three guys that are going off right now. And, and those are the original three, and they've always had great chemistry together. And they're just proving that they can still play without them. Are they a better team without Kevin Durant? No, I don't believe that, Ronis. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, they're different, but... I mean, Portland, Portland wasn't ready for this, man. Uh, I was disgusted with the way Portland played Saturday night, man. They quit. I'm sorry. They quit. Yeah, I mean, you could almost say that about all these games. Because, look, when you go up no, 17 points. No, I thought they didn't give up last night. Look, they're, Golden State's a better team. And I think we, we do this. We look at Houston. We criticize them. We criticize all these teams that lose to them. But there was the effort on Saturday night in the second half was despicable for Portland. They played last night. It's true. It's true. It's Saturday night, it looked like they gave up. I mean, the game won, too. I mean, that wasn't even that wasn't even in the discussion. I mean, you could just tell they just didn't even show up for that game. But, I mean, to have that big of leads in three straight games and not come away with at least one win, Ronas, I mean, that, that was bad. Yeah. That's, that's really bad for Portland. And, 
you know, they're moving in the right direction, and I understand, you know, they were playing without Yusuf Nurkic, who, you know, when he's healthy, he's probably one of the best centers in the league, and it's interesting to see where Portland goes from here. They're already talking about, you know, open up the checkbook, super max for Damian Lillard, but it's very clear that they need they need one more piece. Like, they can compete. I think they can get into, like, the second round of the playoffs, maybe even the Western Conference Finals, but what's going to get them over the hump against a team like Golden State? I think that they need to make another move. Does Toronto win tonight and even this series at two? Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I think they bounce back here. They've been a really resilient uh, team all season long. Uh, coming off a loss, they're 21-1 straight up. I heard Gabe talking about this this morning. They're all also 18-4 and four against the spread coming off a loss this year. So it seems like whenever they've been punched in the mouth, you saw it against in that series against Boston, too. They lost that first game, and then they just bounced back and won the next four. I'm, I'm not so sure that they'll do that necessarily here, uh, you know, just go on and win the series right away. But I do think that they bounce back tonight, and they win this game, Ronis. I do, too. I mean, you hold Giannis to 12 points, Middleton did nothing, and they needed double overtime to win that game. That's and exactly Kawhi was, right. that, that That's really the red flag for me. And, and, what was, and Toronto was favored in game three. Now they're underdogs by three? Like... You know, yeah, so. this is the first time they've been a home dog all season. Yeah, and you don't you wonder how healthy Kawhi is with that quad. But uh, Frank, uh, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll talk again sometime soon. Appreciate it, Ronas. Thanks for having me. No problem. That's Frank Stample. We'll find him here on FNTSY Radio. When we return, we'll take a look at some lineups for it tonight, and a game has already been postponed. We'll let you know what it is next. It is full time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Fantasy Sports Today. I've always believed when it comes to Sanchez, it's part of it's on him, don't get me wrong. A good part of it's on him. He's very stiff back there. But you've seen Romine has had his issues behind there as well at times. Mm -hmm. So it's not all on Sanchez. But I believe with uh, with Sanchez is they have to stop lining him up on the inside corner or lining up on the outside corner because, once again, when those pitches are missed, he's not close. So I know you want to frame things in in nowadays, but it's just not going to work. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
back here. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis. Don't forget to find me fulltimefantasy.com. We'll have the baseball stock watch article this week. We got the in-depth team outlooks from one of the best high-stakes players around, Sean Childs. His latest look is the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's got the Browns, the Bengals, the entire AFC East. So now is the time to start reading them because they're very in-depth, but it's excellent stuff, and I am sure you will learn several facts and gain knowledge through each article. So make sure you check them out. Uh, Of course, uh, we have the message boards where if you have any specific questions, you can ask them. Trades, waiver wire pickups, uh, strategy, lineup decisions, whatever it is, we will help you out. Just ask your questions there. And, of course, uh, DFS write-ups for tonight for MLB. You can check that out as well. And jump in a draft right now, playffwc.com. we got a best ball draft tonight, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, 35 bucks, 24 rounds, 90 second clock. All you do is draft your team, and that is it. The optimizer does the rest. They put up your highest scores each week. And, of course, we got slow drafts as well. we got a starter slow full season draft, two spots remaining, 35 bucks, four-hour clock, 18 rounds. So when those last two spots are filled, the draft will kick off. Dynasty startup draft, three spots remaining in that one. Online championship slow draft, four spots left in that one. And a dynasty new startup draft that kicks off Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, six-hour clock, spots remaining in that one. So uh, different price points, uh, different uh, clocks. We got one-hour clocks, three-hour clocks, six-hour clocks. Some of you guys are real impatient, but you find what suits you best. Hop in, playffwc.com. Over at FanDuel, the Milwaukee Bucks are two-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 110 on the money line. On the road tonight against the Toronto Raptors, they are they are minus 152 on the money line. It was minus 110 was for the uh, spread. So minus 152 on the money line, and the over-under is 216. The Raptors are plus 130. Do they get it done at home again? Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot and open a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book, by going to FanDuel.com slash grid. When you'll receive a free bet of up to $500, that's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Call into the show with your winning wager and walk us through the bet, and we'd love to hear from you. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Some news here on Ken Giles. Uh, He is dealing with a wrist injury, wrist soreness. So he's got a sore right wrist. He wasn't available for yesterday's game. So uh, he took a fall during a game on Sunday when he had a four-out save. So obviously they didn't need to use him yesterday. Uh, We still don't know about his status for today. So keep an eye on that if you're a Ken Giles owner. And I do have him. And at least one league. I was I loved Giles going into the year, man. I thought like here's an opportunity to get a top five, top ten closer really cheap. It just wasn't working out in Houston last year. It was clear. They had no confidence in him. And there was pressure in that spot. But the guy put up really good numbers. In fact, he didn't even blow a save last year. Uh, but I just thought when they didn't go to him in the playoffs two years ago that it was done for him in Houston. And, you know, yeah, it, numbers mean a lot. And I do look at numbers a lot. But there's also the human element side to it. And I just couldn't believe that people were drafting Giles like everything was okay. I just knew that Houston did not have faith in him. And it was clear early on. You could see it early in the year, the way they used him. So I wanted no part of Giles last year. Loved him this year. It's all about value, too. And because Giles struggled, or perception was, and remember, he punched himself in the face coming off the mound. You know, there was a lot of negativity surrounding him. But to me, he had great job security. 
He's got good stuff, and there's no pressure in Toronto. None at all. So I love Giles going into you. I just didn't get him in as many leagues as I hoped. I missed out on a – I know I missed out on a lot of uh, closes this year. I kind of was a little patient on some of these guys. So um, I still think the best plan in a 15-team league is to get at least one good one. Like, you know, I got Brad Hand in one league and, you know, then pieced it together. So in the league I have Brad Hand, I also have Hector Neris, who obviously I picked up cheap before he got into the role – have Diego Castillo. Uh, so those are the leagues where you get that one close in a 15-team league and they kind of piecemeal it together. I think it works that way. Obviously, the great fantasy baseball invitational, I'm second in the league, but I'm not doing great in the overall. I am last in the league in saves. That's where I messed up. I went with Cody Allen, and I knew that was not going to work out. Picked up Rowanis Elias, uh, Elias, and he hasn't really been closing. I did get Steve Ciszek off the waiver wire, but you know I'm essentially rolling with one closer right now. Uh, I mean, maybe Elias got it in a better spot with Swarzak gone. Not that he was pitching well, deserved it anyway. Uh, so maybe he gets some saves, but you know that's really what's hurting me. If I had that one solid closer, uh, I potentially would be in first place in the league, and I'd be way up higher in the overall. But I'm just real near the bottom in saves and. Uh, I have to hope that a closer emerges. Now, the good thing is I do have a lot of money left. So if there is someone that is worth spending up on, I'll be able to get them. And hopefully that will help me move up. But uh, that's really what's hurting me now uh, in that league is uh, the lack of saves. By the way, J.D. Martinez, he's out due to illness. So no injury. And uh, that's a good sign if you're a J.D. Martinez owner. Because remember, he did deal with a little bit of the uh, back in the spring. And you're always worried about a back injury popping up at any time. Let's take a look. At the lineups for tonight. Oh, by the way, the Cardinals-Royals game has been postponed due to weather. They're going to play a doubleheader tomorrow. So uh, get your Cardinals and Royals out of your lineups for today. Get them out of your DFS lineup. Again, Cardinals-Royals postponed. The A's are in Cleveland. It'll be Chris Bassett against Trevor Bauer for the A's. Marcus Semien leads off playing shortstop. Matt Chapman, the third baseman, batting second. Matt Olson, another home run yesterday. you got to feel real good as a Matt Olson owner. You are worried. Where would the power B, would it take some time coming off a broken hemi bone and uh, not hitting for much average if the power's there? Good sign there. Chris Davis, back in the lineup. He sat yesterday. Remember, he's been dealing with a little bit of a hip injury. Uh, playing at a National League park, crashed into the wall. He's been in and out of the lineup, but he's back tonight as the DH. Steven Piscotti in right field, batting fifth. Jerickson Profar, homered yesterday. He's at second base, batting sixth. Robbie Grossman in left field, hitting seventh. Ramon Laureano in center field, hitting eighth. And Josh Fegley. Behind the plate, hitting ninth. For the Indians, Francisco Lindor leading off at shortstop. Jason Kipnis, he's been running. Stole another base yesterday. He's at second base, batting second. Carlos Santana's at first base, hitting third. Carlos Gonzalez in left field, hitting cleanup. I don't know why they keep hitting him this high in the order. He's done nothing. Jose Ramirez at third base, hitting fifth. Jake Bowers, the DH, hitting sixth. Roberto Perez, the catcher, hitting seventh. Leonis Martin in center field, hitting eighth. And Oscar Mercado in the lineup against the righty. Four straights game he started. He is batting ninth, though, but he's in the right field for the Indians. The Rockies in Pittsburgh, 7.05 p.m. Eastern. Hamar Marquez against Chris Archer for the Rockies. Charlie Blackman leads off in right field. Trevor Story at shortstop, batting second. David Dahl in left field, hitting third. Nolan Arenado's at third base, hitting cleanup. Ryan McMahon starting at second base. Remember, he had two home runs on Sunday, so no Brendan Rodgers for the second straight game. Daniel Murphy's at first base, hitting sixth. Ian Desmond in center field, hitting seventh. Tony Walters behind the plate, hitting eighth. And Herman Marquez on the mound, batting ninth. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leading off at second base. Starling Marte's in center field, batting second. Brian Reynolds in left field, hitting third. Josh Bell is 
in the cleanup spot at first base. Melky Cabrera in right field hitting fifth. Colin Moran at third base hitting sixth. Francisco Cervelli is the catcher hitting seventh. Cole Tucker at shortstop hitting eighth. Chris Archer on the mound batting ninth. Gregory Prolanco not in the lineup tonight. Phillies in Chicago to take on the Cubs. It'll be Zach Eflin against Jose Quintana for the Phillies. Andrew McCutcheon leads it off in left field. Gene Segura is at shortstop batting second. Bryce Harper in right field batting third. Reese Hoskins at first base hitting cleanup. JT Romito is the catcher hitting fifth. Cesar Hernandez at second base hitting sixth. Scott Kingery in center field tonight. He bats seventh. Mikel Franco at third base hitting eighth. And Zach Eflin on the mound batting ninth. For the Cubs, Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot. Once again, he's in left field. Chris Bryant at third base, batting second. Anthony Rizzo at first base, hitting third. Wilson Contreras catching, hitting cleanup. Jason Hayward in right field, batting fifth. Albert Amora in center field, hitting sixth. Daniel Descasos at second base, hitting seventh. Once again, no Javier Baez. Addison Russell's the shortstop, hitting eighth. Jose Quintana on the mound, batting ninth for the Cubs. Yankees in Baltimore to be Domingo Herman against David Hess. For the Orioles, Stevie Wilkerson leads it off in center field. Dwight Smith. In left field, hitting second. Trey Mancini in right field, hitting third. Rio Ruiz, the third baseman, hitting cleanup. Jonathan Villar moved to the five spot in the order. He's playing shortstop. Chris Davis at first base, batting sixth. Renato Nunez, the DH, hitting seventh. Hanser Alberto had a big game yesterday. He's hitting eighth, and Austin wins the catcher, batting ninth. The Red Sox in Toronto. Eduardo Rodriguez against Marcus Stroman. Andrew Benatindi leads it off in left field. Buki Betts in right, batting second. Mitch Moreland, the DH, hitting third. Once again, J.D. Martinez out of the lineup due to illness. Xander Bogarts at shortstop, hitting cleanup. Rafael Devers, who's really heated up. He's at third base, hitting fifth. Michael Chavis at second base, hitting sixth. Christian Vasquez, the catcher, hitting seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field, hitting eighth. And Steve Pierce at first base, batting ninth. For the Blue Jays, Jonathan Davis leads it off in center field. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. back in the lineup after getting a day off yesterday. He's at third base batting second. Justin Smoke at first base hitting third. Rowdy Telez, the DH hitting cleanup. Randall Grichik in right field hitting fifth. Freddie Galvis, the shortstop hitting sixth. Billy McKinney in left field hitting seventh. Danny Jansen, the catcher hitting eighth. And Brandon Drury at second base batting ninth. The Dodgers taking on Tampa Bay. Clayton Kershaw against Aaron Sleggers who will open then we will see Jalen Beeks for the Dodgers. Matt Beattie, the DH leading off as they go uh, with a lot of left-handed bats. Max Muncy's at first base, hitting second. Justin Turner at third base, hitting third. Cody Bellinger in right field, hitting cleanup. Enrique Hernandez at second base, hitting fifth. Corey Seager at short, hitting sixth. Chris Taylor in left field, hitting seventh. Alex Verdugo in center field, hitting eighth. Austin Barnes, the catcher, batting ninth. For the Rays, it'll be... Austin Meadows, the DH, leading it off. Tommy Pham in left field, hitting second. G-Man Choi does get the start against the left-handed pitcher. He's at first base, hitting third. Avisel Garcia in right field, hitting cleanup. Travis Darnot, the catcher, hitting fifth. Brandon Lau at second base, hitting sixth. Daniel Robertson's at third base, hitting seventh. Guillermo Heredia's in center field, hitting eighth. And Willie Adamas at shortstop, batting ninth. The Marlins in Detroit to take on the Tigers. Caleb Smith against Spencer Turnbull for the Marlins. Curtis Granderson leads it off in left field. Garrett Cooper is in right field, batting second. Brian Anderson at third base, hitting third. Neil Walker at first base, hitting cleanup. Starlin Castro at second base, hitting fifth. Jorge Alfaro, the DH, hitting sixth. Howard Ramirez in center field, batting seventh. Miguel Rojas, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And Chad Wallach, the catcher, batting ninth. For the Tigers, Nico Goodrum leads it off playing left field. Duel Lugo at third base, hitting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field, hitting third. Miguel Cabrera's at first base, hitting cleanup. Ronnie Rodriguez, the shortstop, hitting eighth. Christian Stewart, the DH, batting sixth. 
Josh Harrison at second base. Harrison at second base, hitting seventh. Grayson Griner behind the plate in eighth. Jacoby Jones in center field, batting ninth. The Nationals take it on the Mets. Eric Fetty against Zach Wheeler. For the Nationals, Trey Turner leading off, playing shortstop. Adam Eaton in right field, batting second. Anthony Rendon at third base, hitting third. Juan Soto in left field, hitting cleanup. Gerardo Parra at first base, hitting fifth. Victor Robles in center field, hitting sixth. Brian Dozier back in the lineup. He's hitting seventh at second base. Jan Gomes, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Eric Fetty on the mound for the Nationals, batting ninth. For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo leads off playing center field. Jeff McNeil's in left field, batting second. Robinson Cano back in the starting lineup after a day off. He's at second base, hitting third. Pete Alonso, who homered again yesterday, he's hitting cleanup at first base. Todd Frazier at third base, hitting fifth. Wilson Ramos, the catcher, hitting sixth. Ahmed Rosario is the shortstop, hitting seventh. Carlos Gomez in right field, hitting eighth. Zach Wheeler on the mound, hitting ninth. By the way, Michael Conforto is making progress. We'll see if he's back later this week. The Reds in Milwaukee, Sonny Gray against Gio Gonzalez. For the Reds, Nick Senzel leads it off playing center field. Joey Vados at first base, hitting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base, hitting third. Philip Irvins in right field, hitting cleanup. Yasiel Puig out of the lineup, dealing with that shoulder injury. Jose Iglesias, the shortstop, hitting fifth. Kyle Farmer at second base, hitting sixth. Kurt Casale at the catcher position, hitting seventh. Jose Peraza in left field, hitting eighth. And Sonny Gray on the mound, hitting ninth. The Mariners in Texas, Tommy Malone against Lance Lynn. For the Rangers, Logan Forsyth leads it off playing shortstop. Willie Calhoun is in the lineup against the lefty, so good news there. He's in left field, hitting second. Hunter Pence, the DH, hitting third. No more Mazar in right field, hitting cleanup. Joey Gallo in center field, hitting fifth. That's Drupal Cabrera, who hit two home runs yesterday. He's at third base, hitting sixth. Rugnetto Dor also homer yesterday. He's at second base, hitting seventh. Ronald Guzman at first base, hitting eighth. Jeff Mathis at catcher, hitting ninth. The White Sox in Houston, Dylan Covey against Justin Verlander. For the White Sox, Larry Garcia leads off in center field. Yoan Moncada at third base, hitting second. Jose Abreu at first base, hitting third. Wellington Castillo is the catcher, hitting cleanup. Eloy Jimenez in left field, hitting fifth. Yonder Alonso, the DH, hitting sixth. Tim Anderson at shortstop, batting seventh. Charlie Tilson in right field, hitting eighth. And Yomer Sanchez at second base, hitting ninth. Again, the Royals, Cardinals were postponed. Braves are taking on the Giants tonight. Julio Toronto against Sean Anderson. Twins taking on the Angels. Michael Pineda against Trevor Cahill. Diamondbacks in San Diego. It'll be Zach Greinke against Matt Strom tonight in that one in uh, some of the late games. So a lot of the lineups are out now. Obviously, a few more to come as you get set to uh, make your lineups tonight, uh, whether it's DFS or season-long. Always important to kind of look at these matchups, see who's in the lineup uh, to make sure you maximize. And especially this year, you know, with these five-game weeks, uh, you re- it really makes a difference. You know, we see a lot of times that it could come down to the last day or two of the season. And, you know, making these decisions each week are important. You know, a lot of people don't uh, – really look at it that way, but it could be a big difference in the season. So make sure you maximize the at-bats, especially in a NFBC style where you got the Monday through Thursday lineup changes, Friday through Sunday, uh, especially with these five-game weeks. Now, you can't bench everyone with two games. You know, I have a league where a lot of guys have two-game weeks, but, you know, if you got someone with two games and then someone with four, uh, you want to make that change if possible uh, and look at the pitching matchups too. It's really important to maximize the at-bats, especially when you're playing for an overall prize. Tyler Glass now still not throwing. So they said originally it was going to be four to six weeks. Anyway, with the mild forearm strain, uh, he's been doing cardio work and weightlifting. 
He's thrown a tennis ball yesterday, but, you know, obviously a lot's going to depend on as he starts to throw more, how does he respond? So, uh, you know, I'm hoping he comes back, man. The guy was dominant. You know, I think we were all worried. When you see forearm, it's usually a precursor to something more. But let's hope that it's they're telling the truth, that it's really not because Glass now was, you know, on pace for a breakout. He's someone I wrote about before the season, liked him a lot, and I have him in one of my important leagues. Uh, the Cardinals and Royals, as we said, were postponed. They will play a day-night doubleheader tomorrow. So uh, you would think Homer Bailey and Michael Walker push back a day, and then the normal starters for tomorrow will go uh, in that one uh, for the uh, Royals and Cardinals. So one less game on the slate tonight with those two teams being postponed. Uh, make sure you check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. I got the Fantasy Baseball Stock Watch this week. Of another fantasy baseball article, and we got the in-depth team outlooks. Pittsburgh Steelers, the latest one from Sean Childs. He's already gone through the AFC East. And if you have any specific questions, you could ask him on the message boards in the forums over at fulltimefantasy.com. And get ready to hop in a draft. Playffwc.com. We got a best ball draft tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. All you have to do is draft your team. That is it. 24 rounds, 90-second clock. Optimize your score each week. We have a slow full season starter drafts, online championship slow drafts, and as soon as they fill, they would kick off. So help propel it, get it underway, hop in now, check it out, playffwc.com. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.